production. If the idea of surrounding yourself with a deeply engaged community who love what you do, buy everything you offer, and provide a great sounding board for future ideas is of interest, then you are in for an absolute treat. It's a nurturing episode 558 of the 12-year-old award-winning Small Business Big Marketing Podcast. Well, I said, welcome to a small business marketing show where successful small business owners share their souls to take your marketing straight to the lead. Now, here's your host, Mr. Tim Bowie. And welcome back to your weekly dose of warm and fuzzy marketing. I'm your host, Timbo Reed. And I have an insatiable curiosity for uncovering marketing strategies and ideas that help businesses just like yours to grow. You, on the other hand, well, you're a motivated business owner ready to crank out some great marketing to build that beautiful business of yours into the empire it absolutely deserves to be. And that is exactly what we do around here. That's why this podcast exists. So you are in the right place. As per usual, team, there's marketing G-O-L-D dripping from the ceiling over here at Small Business Big Marketing's HQ. So let's get stuck right in. If you're a long-time listener, then you'll be familiar with Andrew Griffiths, or Griffo, as he likes to be known. Back in the day, Griffo and I would do bonus episodes called Funny Business, where we talk about a variety of business issues that were on our minds. Plus, we've also done episodes on how to self-publish a book and how to become a popular keynote speaker. Griffo is such a giving human being, and he's brilliant at helping people grow businesses they love. He's written 14 business books, published in 65 countries, including his most recent, which I absolutely love, titled, Someone Has to Be the Most Expensive, It May As Well Be You. Such a great title, such a great concept, and such a great book. Now, these days, Griffo is all about teaching business owners how to future-proof their business. And one major way he does this is by showing step-by-step how to build a deeply engaged community. And that's exactly what we focus on today. You're going to discover the upside of having a deeply engaged community will help you break through any limiting beliefs you may have around building a deeply engaged community. Plus, we give you five ideas to implement immediately to get your community building underway. Now, if you're champing at the bit to get going on what I reckon is a very important marketing strategy, i.e. community building, then check out Griffo's course over at getacommunity.com. Maybe have it up on the screen while we're talking because it really is going to be an absolute ripper. I started off by asking him what a deeply engaged community looks like. I think we, we think about community as having... Lots and lots of followers and lots and lots of, you know, numbers. And, and you and I both know there's a big, big difference between having 100,000 likes and followers, rara, and having a 1,000 deeply engaged people. And, and to me, a deeply engaged community is a, it's a multi-level ecosystem, you know, to, to use that as a term. Where you're a leader, you know, I, I think in, in that community is probably where it kind of stems from. But it's people that are in there that, you know, you're helping, you know, they like what it is that you have to say, they like your advice, they like your thought leadership, or just whatever it might be that you do. It might be your sense of humour, it might be the advice that you give. But the deeply engaged part for me means 
that they interact, they advocate, they they promote, they participate, they share, they that they respond. You know, it, it's like having a, a Facebook page and it's got ten thousand people that that like it, but but no one ever comments, no one ever does anything. You, you just it's a one way flow of communication, and uh, and it's a bit of a bombard. Where anyone who's listening, I'm sure, has been or they are a part of a community, your community, I'm sure, and, and there's this big exchange. You're talking about stuff, you're sharing stuff, they're giving you opinions, they're, they're giving you views. But but the big part about that engagement side of things that I find is that I get as much as I give in that environment because there, there's this level of engagement and I treat my community with the utmost of respect, that it's a very much a two-way flow of, of support of knowledge, of information. Like my first go-to place is not Google, it's my community. There's so many upsides. Well, let's talk about those upsides because let's, you know, bring this back to business of any size and any business owner listening, whether they have a a three-person cleaning business or whether they have a 50-person promotional products business or whatever it may be, the idea of having a community must be, I'm guessing, both exciting and daunting. And obviously our, our challenge today is to make it absolutely exciting and lose a lot of the daunt. Is daunt a word? I don't know. It doesn't matter. <laughs> I, it is as of today, yeah. but we're going to lose the daunt around community engagement and building. So the benefits, Griffo, Amazing. let's just go through them, mate, because they are they are far-reaching. I'll, I'll open the batting, and you're the one who's running this, but I would, you know... Build a great community of people who love what you do and want to talk about it to others and et cetera and help others in your community is they're going to be less price sensitive. That's got to be a good thing. Completely. Stra- straight away, which obviously is a big topic that I'm talking about these days. Yeah. With, you know, someone's got to be the most expensive. It may as well be you. Great book. You can't do that unless you've got a great community. You know, and, and you're right, because there's an emotional engagement. I'm going to, yeah, people get tired of hearing me say this word, but engagement, deep engagement is a term that differentiates it. So, yes, less price sensitive. For me, Tim, I don't do any product, any product, okay, without actually going out to my community first and saying, hey, I'm thinking about doing this. Tell, give me your thoughts. Now, my community will come back and they will say, yay, no, I'll ask price point, I'll do everything. The reason that I do that, I know that, okay, if I do that initial kind of um, question, if I don't get 50 to 100 responses that say do it, I don't spend another moment on it. I don't waste any time because what I see so many people doing today is they're spending months developing online programs, memberships, they're doing this, they're doing that. They don't actually know if anyone wants it. So, so they're doing it, investing all the time and money. Then they're going and trying to find someone to, to buy it. And, and what they're missing there is they, if they really engaged and had an engaged community, your market research is, is it's not, there's zero risk because your community says, don't do it or do do it. So for me... So can I perfect. just interrupt you yeah, there, Griffo? Um, because bloody, it's bloody hard to get a word in at the best of times talking to you. But um, I was talking to my wonderful girlfriend, Sarah, only last night saying, you know, I'm interviewing the big fella. And now Sarah has an idea for sort of a coaching product without going into great detail, but it's helping people who are going through a separation be their best self. Okay, so it's sort of around that. It's in that space. And she's talking about, oh, she's half written the book. You know, she's, uh, got an, she's got an idea for some educational products and coaching packages and all that kind of stuff. But it's like, put that aside 
and start to build the community, start to build the traffic, if you like, start to build that handful of raving fans who, when you are ready to sell something, A, they're going to buy it, but B, even before that, they're going to suggest what you create. They're going to tell you what you create. Powerful, powerful stuff, right? When you're building a community like that off the bat. so It's so true. And the thing is that the model is a little bit broken, right? Because what we do is we develop the product and then we look for someone to buy it. And we think that Facebook ads are going to be the answer. We'll do a whole pile of Facebook ads and you go, that ain't the answer, right? And the guy that wrote the book Content Inc., and I can never remember his name, he's from the Content Institute in New York. Oh, uh, Joe, really Joe, Joe Paluzzi. Yep. And, and again, that's what he talks about is this model. Build the community first and then for, ask them what they want and then give it to them. You know, you go, well, gee, that's rocket science, isn't it? But we tend to do it ask about. And, and, and I come across so many people that I'm working with and, and, and I go, look, great book, great product, great course. Who's going to buy it? Mm. Mm. If you've got no community and you, you know, that, so, so that whole element of that is so important. And look, if you've got products and you've got this stuff and you're, oh my God, oh, I've got it wrong. It, it, all it means is you've got to now be working on, on building your community. It's never, it's never, never too late. Never, never too late. late. Hey, I started the, the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook, I think it's eight months ago. My podcast is 12 years old. I'm sorry, guys. You know, I've had forums and I've, had, I've, had, I've dipped into community before, but now properly doing it, um, it, feels, it, it feels quite incredible to be nurturing a group of people all with the same intention all with, you know, similar values, all who love what I'm doing and all who are willing to contribute and support me and support each other. And, and I just think it's amazing. I want to keep going through the benefits, Griffo, but just to be crystal clear in terms of what mediums are we talking, I know face, a Facebook group is the obvious place for a community. You can have a LinkedIn group. You could go and buy some forum software and have, you know, third-party full ownership of that. Not a bad idea. Own the race course, not the race horse, as my friend James Shramko would, used, to, used to say. Any other sort of spaces that these communities exist in? I think you can keep it really simple. You can even just use your Facebook timeline. That's my main form of connection with my community. Is it really? To be brutally honest. So literally, you're, you're, literally Andrew, you know, forward slash Andrew Griffiths yep. or whatever your Facebook yep. is. That's where people... And, and, it's and, just, and that's the, hmm. the main thing, but but it, but it's also a range of platforms. Sure, I, I have a few groups that that people within my community, like special interests within my community, like authors yep. and speakers or whatever. So I have special groups within there that people can join. So and and also another point there, and I'll, I'll go back to benefits in a second because I think that there's a few yeah, more yeah. in there. You can have a few communities. I have my main community, but I also have like. My past speaking clients are a community. I have my authors. You know, I've trained 750 people to write a book. They're a community. I, my my speaker training people, they're a community. You know, so you can have communities within. So, so phys- physically, you're holding your hands up going, oh, you know, there's a block. There's a community. Yes. Is that, are they little sub on your Facebook timeline? Are they, how do you distinguish between them? They're a part of my overall community. Right, as in, and that's like in my timeline, in my EDM email lists, in my LinkedIn, you know, whatever it might be, some way that we're connected. But they're also probably a smaller group. Yeah, okay. It can be really specific. We could just talk Facebook groups, but I, I see what you're saying is like it's on your Facebook timeline. You've got email lists of all the various different types of services that you provide, you know, so you're, you're doing it in a number of ways, you know, and that's, yeah, I like that. Again, it takes the pressure off having to sort of be so 
tech. The other thing is it's a special interest. If I'm putting stuff on my main kind of timeline and it's not completely relevant to the whole group, it, it creates a little bit of disconnect. But to go back to the benefits, mate, because that to me, I, I think, is what people don't quite get. We have a great, engaged, deeply engaged community. They're, they're less price sensitive. They're great for market research. Another role that I think we don't necessarily think about is the role that they serve as policing us. And what I mean by that is, um, uh, an example, uh, about five years ago, I was approached by a lady um, in America who reached out and said, oh, I love your books. I love what you do. I'm starting a new business and I, and I want to do like an online summit. Would you, can I interview you? And I went, yeah, sure. You know, of course, you know, happy to help, love to support people, do all of that kind of stuff. Anyway, she sent me through an agreement and I went, oh, okay, this is quite formal. So I've kind of had a bit of a read and sounded fine. But anyway, it all kind of came through. Next thing I'm being interviewed on a how to make $12 trillion a week, you know, in multi-level marketing or something. And I'm going, you know, seriously, I, you know, I should have cottoned on a little bit earlier and, you know, rah, rah. I felt a bit obligated and, and I went, okay, we'll do it, rah, rah. And I, I, part of my agreement was I had to promote it. Anyway, what was really interesting was on my public Facebook and LinkedIn and the rest of it, there wasn't a lot of interaction, but I got a whole pile of emails and direct messages done very respectfully from people saying, Andrew, is that really on brand for you? Love what you do, really love you, but you know, like that to me feels a bit icky and, and I've never seen you do anything like that. And I was so grateful. And they did it in such a, a in a considered way. And these are people that I, again, respected. I actually did a post then and explained it and apologised and said, you know, this lady got furious with me. So that is not what I do. This is how it happened. Thank you to everyone who reached out to me to say, hey, is that really on brand for you? And, and, and that made me really understand and value my community. The other kind of elements of the, the advantages here, we're going through COVID, we're, whatever that looks like, you've got a deeply engaged community Believe me, that's like having a deeply engaged customer base, if you want to kind of call it that, whatever, whether they're buying or, or supporting or just fans, they will get you through the tough times because that's where all of your referrals are going to come from. That's where all of your regulars, that's where the people are going to buy what you're selling. They're going to buy your new products. They're going to, if you've got a good product architecture that they've helped to develop, you build this, this great you know, ongoing kind of, you know, beast as such of wonderful people who will buy your products. And there's nothing wrong with selling to your community. You sell in a respectful way. But if it's all about flogging and stuff, every time you communicate, we get a bit tired of that pretty quickly. Would you, question without notice, Griffo, but would you know what percentage of people who buy the various courses that you run, you know, the books that you write, the things that you do, what percentage would be from your community? Would it be the majority? Books is a little bit different yeah, because is. that's, you know, obviously Broad. you know, broader and mainstream, but mm. products and things, 90% would come from wow. my community. Easily 90%. Every referral from my community, that mm. 10% kind of find me through listening to, to shows like yours that they haven't connected to me they somehow or or I've seen spoken at an event but they you know they follow a predictable path they we connect they probably join my email database reach out you know rah rah and and it and it flows that's why they're so vital to me and, and it's such an essential part of my business I couldn't actually imagine how I would do business without my community. 
And if I was sitting here saying, um, okay, I'm, I'm starting a business as a coach or as a this or as an author or a speaker and I haven't got any community, I, I'm not actually sure what I would do. Which kind of raises the question twofold, what types of businesses should have a community? And I know you're going to probably say most. Yep. And then the second layer of that, I think even more importantly, is what type of business owner is a community suited to? Yep. Do you have to be an extrovert or is it better off that you're an introvert? Mm. Do you have to be local to these people where your members are going to... You know, so, yeah, talk about that, Griffo. Um, again, such a great point. When you look at the type of business that, that needs a community, sure. I, I'm, I'm always going to say, you know, every business, you know, in reality. And, of course, you know, it never really works that way that it is every business. But it's kind of understanding. Sometimes I think we're too literal. You know, so so we go. Okay, I I, I make pens, so I'm going to have a, a community of people that want to know about the pen that I make. You know, you go. Okay, well that'll be three posts. Okay, what do I do now? But really, what your community probably want to know about probably are things like stationery, probably things about writing, things about organisation. So things about time management, like who's buying the pens? Maybe it's people studying, students, artists, whatever it might be. So we've got to be careful, I think, of being a little bit too literal. When you see, like you look at a restaurant and go, you know, restaurants have extraordinary communities. Most of them build them via Instagram. Because you've got all of the things, you know, like uh, I wrote in, in my book um, about uh, this business called Holy Crumpets. And, uh, Amazing. You know, that, that, Amazing. That, that wonderful little experience, you know, and, and, and again of... Explain, ex- tell the story. It's a really interesting story. I, I heard mythologically, you know, these rumours were emanating through the, through the Melbourne community in the depths of lockdown about these crumpets that are, that are said to, you know, change your life if you have these crumpets. And I'm going, yeah, right, okay, sure. It's a, it's a freaking crumpet, $2.99 from, from Woolies. I can I get all the crumpets I want. My, my partner, Lolita, said, oh, no, 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 you got to get these. So anyway, I'm trying to figure out how to, how to buy. It's, it was really complicated online. Like they announce the batch is now coming out. You've got to get on there. It's like, a, you know, the European lottery. You've got to kind of get on there and get your order in. And then you've got to go and pick them up. So it's it's a Saturday morning in Melbourne, middle of winter, this time last year. And, and I'm looking at the address and, and it's, it's like in this kind of little dodgy area. And there's just this number on a building. And I've literally had to walk up, no signage, no nothing. I've literally walked up and kind of did, you know, three knocks and, and, and the guy opens the door and he's a hipster looking dude. And yeah, what do you want? You know, and I'm kind of going, oh. I'm like, it's like I'm doing a drug deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm holding it was like, up it was, my it was phone. literally a hole in the in the door, wasn't it? It wasn't hole like you didn't wall. open the whole door. No, no, no. It was like a two part <laughs> door that you kind of you know opens a little bit, and and I'm kind of showing him this order thing, and there's very little communication, right? He shuts his door, and I go, well, okay, what what do I do now? You know, and I wait there, and then he kind of opens it up again, and it's and it's and has this bag, you know, and there, there you go, you know, and I go, thank you, run off to the car and open up this these two boxes in there filled with it, with these amazing crumpets. Oh my. God, and your life was changed. So your point, your point there is they're building a community again. I mean, and it's amazing. I've, I've been since I'm reading about it in your book. I had a look at their. I think it was either Insta or Facebook, and it is. It's sort of like this secret society. As a business owner, what have you got to be, Griffo? Do you have to be nurturing? Do you have to be organised? Do you? Ha- what, yeah. What are those traits that make? for a great business owner of a community. You've got to understand the importance of the community for the big picture of what it is you're doing. If you're trying to set up a community to flog them stuff, that's it. 
to be honest, it ain't going to last terribly long. So you've got to say, I'm, I'm, I want to have a community because I want to lead this community. I want to help, I want to support, and I want to respect. Because if you do those three things, that'll get mirrored back to you. So uh, I think it's that intent and purpose. You've got to say, well, am I prepared to, to do this? Because one of the things that I've certainly found and where I really learned about community was being part of a community was how often people would reach out to me and just, you know, one-to-one, you know, direct message me, you know, they wanted a bit of help or a bit of advice. And, and, and I, and I realized how important it was that when I was a mentor and a, and a leader in that group that I needed to give that advice. And I saw what happened in that group when there was that high level of engagement and support. And I saw what happened when that dropped off and how the, the community kind of fell apart in reality. So I think you you need to be able to say, okay, well, I, I'm in this for the long haul. I, I want to build a community and this is going to be a big part of my business development strategy, my growth and my, you know, my future proofing of my business is really what that's all about. So, you know, you don't have to spend 10 hours a day on your community. You don't have to, um, you know, live, breathe, eat, sleep it, but you need to have a presence, and, and I hear people say, oh, yeah, I've outsourced my community management to someone else. And I go, big mistake. Big <laughs> yeah, mistake. Big mistake. Yeah. You know, yeah. You, you know, like in this world of outsourcing, I get it. Everyone's got a yeah. VA. You know, yeah. we all understand all of that kind of jazz. But I can tell the minute a community is managed yeah. by someone externally. And I tell you what, the, the connection rate plummets. Drops. Yeah, huge. Because everyone else can. So you've got to be prepared to invest some time. But... You can either go, oh, my God, I've got to manage my community, or you can go, how awesome. I'm going to share this. I'm going to, I'm excited. I, I, look, I did something yesterday, which I just made a whole pile of Zoom cards, which are, because of the Zoom world, I should have done it a year ago, and it was just like funny little Zoom cards that we can hold up. Oh, yeah. And I just put it on my Facebook page like, you know, um, you know, I'm not wearing trousers, <laughs> you know, like, you know, whatever it might be, you know, I, I'm, I'm not playing Candy Crush. I'm really engaged, or thanks for organising a 5.30 p.m. Zoom call. All of that kind of stuff. Just it was just something I was mucking around with, you know, to try and get a bit of engagement when I'm doing live, you know, online events and stuff. Just posted on my Facebook page. I got a pile of interaction, engagement, suggestions from other mm. people. You know, can I buy them? Yeah, can I buy them? You know, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Why aren't you? Why aren't you publishing these? Um, you know, so but that's interesting in itself. Going back to the research, just as a, as a community owner manager, look at the language that's being used and the emotion that's being used and the amount of responses. And you know, if, if all of a sudden five people in the first ten responses are saying, "Where can I get these?" You kind of have a fair sense that you're onto something. Absolutely, absolutely. And it's again, the, the, the value of this as a market research tool is priceless. Absolutely prices. But also, you know, the, the, the other part of this comes in, I say, hey, I'm doing a retreat in Hobart. I get a whole pile of people say, wow, we did that retreat in, in Bali or in Cairns or in Inverloch or wherever it was, England. It was amazing. You know, if you're thinking about writing a book, do Andrew's retreat. You know, that's what the community does. I just need to say, hey, I'm running a retreat. I don't have to sell it. I just say it's there. Griffo, at this point, you and I have covered a fair bit of ground in terms of defining what a deeply engaged community looks like. We've talked about who's it suited to in terms of business owners, types of businesses, the benefits of having one. 
I am guessing there are still business owners listening to us jabbering on and they've got some limiting beliefs. And those limiting beliefs could be around, oh, community is going to take so much time, time that I don't have. It's going to be expensive. It's going to be complicated from a technology point of view. What if I get haters? You know, all these little kind of voices talking to you as to why you shouldn't. I'd like to bust through all those limiting beliefs in sort of one foul swoop, but maybe we do that by sort of giving people now a greater sense of how they can go about building a community. But any any last words on limiting beliefs for those who are on, on the fence? I think you summarised them perfectly. Um, probably the big one, that one about the haters. It's interesting. What I know, because I've got a deeply engaged community, if, if I get a random kind of hater come along, I don't need to defend myself because my community defends it. They defend me. They, I talked about policing, okay, as in they tell me, hey, I don't think you're doing the right thing there. They will also say, hey, numb nuts, bugger off. I, I get so little negativity on social media. So, you know, yeah, the odd, the odd idiot. But as I said, that gets policed out. Honestly, it's such a rarity because of, I think, my intent, because of what I post, how I post, the respect I give to people. I think that that my community feel protective of me. Yeah, well, and I've experienced that too in the tribe where, you know, people will become members and they have to go through three questions in order to become a member of the Small Business Big Marketing Tribe. Once they do, they're in and you take them on face value, but then all of a sudden the first thing someone posts is, you know, come and buy from me type stuff or they're posting things that you know their agenda is actually not to help. It's actually just to sell, you know, sell, sell, sell. And the amount of times that I've had community members just tag me and say, hey, Timbo, I don't know whether this person's the real deal. And the next thing I have a look at and go, yep, that post is gone, that member's cancelled. And um, powerful, powerful stuff. And and, and back to haters, you know, just, and I've mentioned this book a few times on the podcast and I've had Jay Bear, you know, fellow author and speaker and out of the state, he wrote a great book on, on Hug Your Haters. So haters aren't bad. Hate is a great, a great opportunity to learn, but that's a whole nother discussion. Griffo, you have got a community building course coming up, which I'm really, really excited about. Um, not everyone can do it. We'll talk about the details later. But Griffo, if you could, for those who can't attend your course, share some actions that people can take after they've finished listening to start building their deeply engaged community. Do you want to start with this idea of you need to develop a fundamental philosophy? towards your community. What do you mean? Yeah, so I, I think we've got to say, okay, Rob, you know, sit down and go, okay, if I'm going to invest the time and, and, and I, my business, you know, is going to really benefit from this, what is my strategy? What is my attitude towards my community? You know, where am I really coming from with with wanting to help, with wanting to serve? You know, we hear these terms. You, you know, you've got to come from a place of authenticity. And, and, and I think we've got to say initially, this is what I wanted and this is how I'm going to do this. So we want to be developing that plan to say, well, okay, yep, I, I want to help people, you know, grow their business. I, I want to help people understand marketing and, you know, I, I want to take away some of the mystery and really provide lots of great resources, tools. I want to share information. I want to challenge thinking. I want to do those things. So we, we start to formulate the, the purpose, I guess, for the community. That's, that's where I think that, that we need to start with a plan. Then we need to be able to go, okay, well, you know, 
which platform? You know, at some stage, it, it always comes back to that. And and the obvious answer for that is what platform will your community be most, you know, likely to use? You know, it, for some people, that might be Instagram. For some people, you know, it's harder to have a lot of interaction on Instagram. But, but you, I, I get that. It might be two or three different platforms. It might be a LinkedIn group because it's a more corporate. Fa- fa- yeah. You know, Facebook's yeah, and I went through this process, and I, I, I've landed obviously landed on Facebook as being the place where my community lives, which is, is working really well. And the reason I decided was simply because what do you do when you pick your phone up? You go and open Facebook. Now it kind of shits me saying that, but it's the reality. It's just how it is. So you may as well fish where the fish are. It's just easy if you're going to ask someone to. I've got a community on LinkedIn. Not you know, it's just not as Accessible. It doesn't feel as accessible. I've had third-party software like um, VBulletin and Zenforo, where you 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 know you install them and you build these communities. Um, they're great because you own them outright. You know, Facebook could disappear tomorrow. It's not going to, but it could. Um, whereas you know you have these third-party software, you own that a hundred percent. But <clears throat> I think you're right. I mean, it, you've, it's got to be whatever is going to be easy for you to manage and, and obviously where, where the fish are. And, and you're right. I, I think there's third-party platforms. There's a lot of those kind of coming out now. And the argument is obviously you own it, they're all there, rah, rah, rah. But they're a way off from... Because there's a disintegration of stuff that happens, mm. even at, like on Kijabi and whatever. They've got a community thing. Who goes there? Who, who uses it? You know, like I know. You, you, it's too much of a conscious move. Oh, I've got to open my fusion kind of room to go to Andrew's <laughs> community whereas I'm already scrolling through my Facebook feed or whatever it is you know and yeah. and, and so we're used to using that I, I guess we're trained to be able to use that and our market is definitely in here so these steps that we're going through Griff I've cherry picked a few that I know that you're teaching in in this course that you're providing but just to finish on fundamental philosophy around community it's, it's the basis, it's the foundation from which you're going to build from. Don't ignore it. You know, as I say, marketing's full of, of two forms. You've got message and medium when it comes to marketing, the fundamentals. Too many business owners skip directly to the medium. Oh, I'm going to be on Facebook. But what are you going to say? What's your message? Exactly. And part of that is mindset. And so being crystal clear, like, again, if I had started my, my community with the intention of, oh, it's awesome, I'm just going to sell my book to every single person who joins, then that community ain't going to last very long. Yeah. I've gone in with the intention of my community of, I want them all to know each other. They know me. Yeah. Now I want them to know each other and I want them to help each other and support each other and encourage each other and share ideas. And at some point, my dream for my community, which as again, it lives on Facebook, I'm dying for the day. And it's actually me finding the courage to do this. It's only you and I listening here, Griffo, so I can say this, which is to have retreats, to bring people up to the beautiful Sunshine Coast where I live. Yeah learn a bit of business stuff, a bit of marketing stuff, but eyeball each other, you know, and have some fun, you know, and boy, oh boy, as a business owner, that just really, you know, excites the hell out of me. Why I don't do it, I don't know, but I'll get there. Number two, Griffo, in terms of key actions to take to building a deeply engaged community, you talk about coming to terms with your role as being a leader. So this one, again, not everyone feels comfortable or, you know, because we've got this connotation of being a leader. It's like you write a book. I say to people, if you write a book, you're now a leader. You know, you're putting your thoughts out there. You're committing them to print. That means you, you, you've got to stand behind it. You've got to believe in it. That means you're a leader, whether you want to be one or not. 
So for me, what I look at with that is in your community, like anything, you set the tone. You set the, I guess, the direction that it goes. You kind of set the set the boundaries as well. Like, I mean, someone, as you say, someone contacts you and say, hey, I don't think that's quite appropriate on your, you know, in the group. And you're the one who goes, yeah, it's not. We're, let's take that off. They've raised it, but they haven't taken that person off. So you, you've you got to be prepared to lead. And that means you've got to, you know, really understand what is my role as a leader of this community, you know, and, and again, comes back to what is my role as a leader in this business or the role of my leader in this organization, whatever that might look like. So then we've got to define that for ourselves. If I'm going to build this community, this is the kind of leader I want to be. This is what I, what it, it really translates to me for in terms of my actions. This is what is not acceptable for me as a leader to do or post or talk about or comment on. And this is what I, I don't really want to accept in this group either. And I kind of think if I was running a retreat, what would I accept? What would I, how would I lead? How would I kind of do that stuff? And so that, that really sets the nice parameters around the information you share, how you support others, the actions you take, what you don't post compared to, you know, what you do, all of those kind of things start to get a little bit crystal clear. And a big part of that is things like, I'm going to take feedback on board. I'm not going to have a one directional kind of community. I'm going to reach out. I'm going to be asking smarter questions. I'm going to be looking for advice. I'm going to, a few people within my community, I'm going to bring into a little bit of a trusted advisor group and say, hey guys. Bring them in. There will be people in your community that will put their hand up and say, can I be an administrator? Exactly. And they, in fact, they don't even do that. They actually just become it by default. There is those people who just love to contribute and want to get more deeply involved in your brand. And they are out there. All every business will have. We talk about raving fans. These are the, even that level above that or below it. I don't know which way we're going here, but they're the ones that will, you know, do anything, bend over backwards for you to do it. A limiting belief, Griffo, as you're talking, that came to me was the idea that, you know, as as the, your role as a leader means you have to be there all the time. And again, yeah, you've got to be there consistently, but I can tell you, you know, if you're thinking, oh my God, this is going to take up hours a day. I mean, it's not, you know, you are going to have a community, maybe of tens of people, maybe of hundreds of people. If you are lucky or popular, it doesn't even about, it's not even about luck. You might have a community of thousands of people. Right now, I have a community of 1,400 and I go to a cafe and it's great. It's a good reason to go to a cafe, get out of the home office and spend 15 minutes reading and replying to those in the community each day. And honestly, that's all it takes. Um, Let's move on to the next one. I I agree. Uh, Sorry, mate. That's a really, really great point because you're right. I think, you know, there's this, this is a protest. When I say to people, you've got to build a community, oh, I haven't got time. I haven't got this, you know. And, and I'm the same. I, I, I've, you know what I do? I use five minute increments really well throughout the day. I have a little list in my to do sheet, things I can do within with the five minute gaps between a call or between <laughs> a meeting. And I might the have five minute to do sheet. My five minute to do sheets. And at the end of the day, <laughs> I might have 20 items on there that if I sat down to do them would take me hours, but I, I fill my little gaps. And, um, and in there, it's like, okay, just check in, you know, with my Facebook group, you know, do a post today about such and such. Um, Bang, 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 it's done. You know, there's some likes there. Hey, thanks a lot for that. It's minutes throughout the day. It is not like, well, that's half my day gone. And, no, and if, if you it's have just it, not. It, uh, I know it feels like that. It does. And again, I just, yeah, it's just, it's just not the case. But, you, but you know, for me, I think your point that you made, which I just love, mate, is that you're at a cafe kind of doing that. 
it doesn't feel heavy for me to manage my nah, community. It's fun. It doesn't go, oh God, I've got to manage, I've got to write mm-hmm. it, I've got to do this. It's the exact opposite of that. I feel, yeah. oh, okay, what's happening? Oh, wow, I such know. and such has said this. Oh, wow, they oh, must remember to, th- I've got to think a bit about that. Totally. Oh, you know, there, there is no heaviness. There is no heaviness um, about it, and that's Now, Griffo, important. you've got this point, this next point about getting, you know, a community live. You say plan content that resonates. Now, my question bigger than that is, and I want to know how, do you, how you do plan content that resonates. We've touched on the fact that the community is going to tell you what they want. But how do you keep the community rolling forward? Yes, you can post a question. Mm-hmm. Yes... I can post an episode of my podcast and people are going to go, I oh, listen to that and I like that. I thought Griffo was great, but Timbo lacked a little bit. But, you know, oh, that, that's okay. Okay, thick skin, thick skin. You're used to um, that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> Welcome to my world. So the idea of yeah, how, do, how do you keep that momentum of the community going forward? And obviously content is one of those things. Mm. So my take and my, I guess, understanding now of content, having written a lot of content in the last, you know, literally thousands of articles for people like Inc. is that for most of us that are doing content, we tend to have a sweet spot. So so I have this, this is a bit hard to, to describe visually, um, but I have my own content matrix. And the way this works is I have levels of content and I have a high level, which is I call alien eye. And that's a really high looking down on the earth, talking about a high, like the future of small business, you know, and then I go down to insect eye view. So insect eye view, fish eye view, bird's eye view, you know, so at a higher level. And all that translates to me is fish eye view is detail. And that's three, three strategies to make your iPhone last longer in business, you know, whereas at the top, the, the alien kind of view is, you know, do we even need, you know, mobile phones to communicate in business, you know? So I have different levels, right? So if you imagine there's five different levels of that, then you go across and there's different styles of content, content that you create, content that you curate. So I saw this by Timbo. I thought my community might like this. I'm sharing it here. That's very important because that's, you know, you don't have to create all your own content. Curating is, is just as valuable as the content that you create. The third type is commentating. Okay, so that's where you commentate about other stuff. And that might be, I don't agree, I don't, you know, or I do agree, rah, rah. It's different to curating. The next one is is celebrating. You know, how fabulous Timbo's reached 500 episodes of the show. This is, you know, rah, rah, rah. Shine the light on others is what a lot of people use that is. And the last one, the fifth one is commercial, where you talk about your product. You talk about something, hey, I've got great feedback from my keynote. I'm doing this, rah, rah. Now, if you looked at that as a, as an X and Y axis, and we've got all the high, the, the altitudes of the content and the types of content, most people have a sweet spot. If you map their content, they, the cross would be in the same place. Like you curate a lot of content, right? But that's it. The key with content is to fill the whole matrix. So if you're doing high level, then really detailed, you know, short article. One thing you can do today to get an extra 20 minutes, how to use five minute increments of time really well, as much as the whole time management according to Gandhi. You know, if you're writing, if you're mixing up your content around creating, curating, commentating, celebrating and commercial, 
Then, then again, your content is engaging for everyone at different levels. And, and it's not just about, I mean, communities, I mean, I don't just post blog posts and podcast episodes in my community. That's one form of content. But another form of content, if you want to call it content, in fact, it wasn't even me. Uh, so I remember the, a couple of days ago, she asked, you know, um, do I transcribe every episode? So all of a sudden, and that that's not content, I suppose it's content, it's just a question. But it, ensuing from that was a great discussion around where you can get transcriptions done, um, why transcriptions are good for search engine optimization, um, And now as a result of that, because I stopped transcribing each episode because I didn't see the return on investment, but now we are transcribing again as, of the, as a result of that post. Um, we found some great software. We've talked about the software in the community. People are trying it out. People are leaving their feedback. So, yeah, I mean, amazing stuff when you can be creating content that resonates, creating content, whether that content's there to put a laugh on someone's face, to help them make a more informed purchase decision, you know, whatever it may be. You know, again, this is the fun part of a community. Just because you make pens, you don't have to be writing about pens. Excuse the pun. It, um, it, exactly, exactly. But, but mixing up the content, I think, is one of the keys you know because we do have a sweet spot and what i see if you go to someone's either facebook group or a page or whatever it is that lacks engagement nine times out of ten it's because they just keep doing the one piece of content at and it's and it's one directional here's this how to do this and it doesn't create engagement because there's no reason for engagement. All I got to do is read that. I don't need to interact or engage. So th- what we're trying to do is if we're mixing up our content, that actually then encourages engagement and it encourages people to do, you know, to, to respond or share an opinion or to give a view. Or if we just blast content in one direction, we have disengagement, not not engagement. So you've got to be careful of that and mixing up that content. And, and I think too, as some of our listeners go and start building communities, just think about what you do in in real life. You know, you don't stand in front of someone you meet and and just blast out, I wrote this article about how to be more productive, you know, in in winter. Can I give you the three points? And then I wrote another article about how to podcast. So you don't do that in front of someone in real life. So No, no, no. Just to finish that content discussion, Griffo, and it's something that I write about in my book, The Boomerang Effect, is the editorial mission. And you've given some great tips on how to develop content. The other, the editorial mission is another great way. I won't go into any detail because really it's all in the book and we talk about it in, the, in my community, which is what have you got to offer to who and what outcome can they expect? So the editorial mission for the small business big marketing brand is marketing tips and tricks. That's what I have to offer who for small business owners uh, who can expect to generate more warm inquiry. And so now that I know that that's my editorial mission, I go off and create blog posts and podcast episodes and chunks of my keynote all based on that editorial mission. And you won't hear me talk about HR, you won't hear me talk about cash flow, you won't hear me talk about taxation because it lives outside of my editorial mission. So very, you know, again, if you've got a, if you've got a block around content, get over it. We're here to help join our communities. Griffo, we could obviously talk a hell of a lot more about this. We're out of time. Um, You do have a course coming up. People can go and check it all out over at getacommunity.com. Griffo's got an amazing sales page there that takes it through everything. Got an eight-minute video. Um, If you use the promo code TIMBO, T-I-M-B-O, you get 500 bucks off, which is incredibly generous. I think it makes the course $1. That's not true. Um, <coughs> and uh, follow them. <laughs> that's right. And um, I would encourage you to really have a good, hard look at this. It'll be the best 
tax deductible dollars you could spend um, on if you if you were interested in building a community. Any final words, Griffo? I think we've covered a fair bit of ground here, and either people's heads are spinning, or they can't, or they're busting to get off this podcast and start building an deeply engaged community. The the only thing I would say is don't let it overwhelm you. And, and a community starts with one person. And the idea of this program is to work with you over six months to hands-on help you build a community. That This is not a an academic, this is how to do it. This is a hands-on. So, so every month we do one deep dive session, which is knowledge. And then the next session is, okay, everyone's on the call. What are you doing to build your community? Where are you at? What content have you written? Or if you've kind of got a community, but it you haven't really got direction and clarity and a f- strategy and a focus. This this program's going to help you really tighten that up. And, you know, you'll probably lose a few people that you probably don't need in your community, but you'll get really focused on, on you'll build a great foundation to be able to grow it properly. Um, I think that's probably the keys. Well, there you go, team. Community building expert, prolific business author and speaker, Andrew Griffiths. If the idea of building a deeply engaged community appeals, then do it right the first time by enrolling in Andrew's upcoming course at getacommunity.com. And be sure to use the promo code TIMBO for a lazy 500 bucks off, which you will not find that anywhere else. Very kind of Griffo to offer that to my precious listeners. Now, if there was ever someone who over-delivered, it is Griffo. So I can assure you, you won't be disappointed. Uh, It'll be a fantastic course. Here's what grabbed my attention from that chat with him. Attention grabber number one. I love Griffo's thinking around not just building a community, but a deeply engaged community. So important. It's not just about likes and shares and comments at all. It's about what the rest of your members do for each other and for your business how deeply engaged they get. Attention grabber number two, I love the idea of coming from a place of authenticity, not one of just pure selling, you know, buy, buy, buy. You'll get caught out in no time if you go in with that as your sort of primary motivation. Be authentic, have fun. Attention grabber number three, I love the idea of not being too literal when starting a community. Like Griffo said, if you sell pens then you just don't start a community around pens, unless it's like collectible pens or something. But instead, you'd start one that extends into writing, sketching, blogging, whatever it is your people do with pens. If you want to understand that a bit more and the editorial mission that I talked about, then grab a copy of my book, The Boomerang Effect, over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com forward slash 558. Now, that's what grabbed my attention. Again, if you are interested in building a community, get a community.com and use the promo code TIMBO for 500 bucks off and you will be well and truly on the way. Now, write down this number and call me after the show, plus 61-480-015-150, because I'd love to know what grabbed your attention. I'd love to know what you're thinking around community, or maybe there's a marketing idea that's working for you, but I would love to hear from you. Just like listener Luke did. Timbo, it's your old mate Lukey here, and I just want to let you know that I've been out for a bit of a business dinner with a, a few uh, online marketing types, and they are raving about the interviews that you've been doing, particularly the last one about uh, not related, but uh, Kate Reid, who has done a fantastic job of transitioning from. Uh, 
Formula One team to baking croissants, and that was just an awesome episode. Keep it up, mate. Uh, love your work. Cheers, Luke. Thank you, Lukey. Lovely to hear your dulcet tones. For those of you who don't know, Luke hosted the first 80 episodes of this podcast with me all those years ago. And yes, Luke, the Kate Reid interview was absolutely inspiring. I will put a link in the show notes to that for those who haven't heard. Um, Luke's also the administrator, uh, one of the administrators, including me, of a Small Business Big Marketing Tribe on Facebook, and he's also a Facebook ads expert. There is so much knowledge in our community. It's crazy stuff, and everyone's supporting each other. So uh, I would encourage you to head over to Facebook and search for Small Business Big Marketing Tribe and join. It's free. And we have a lot of fun and encouragement and inspiration, all those wonderful things. It is a deeply engaged community. Thanks, Luke, for your message. Next episode, you and I catch up with the founder of a business, how's this, that offers something too good to be true, that feels a little scary, and that many need but few understand. Hmm, that's cryptic. If you haven't already, be sure to grab a copy of The Boomerang Effect over at smallbusinessbigmarketing.com. If you're loving the Small Business Big Marketing podcast, I hope you are. If you've got this far, I reckon you are. Then you'll find 557 more episodes on your favourite podcast app. And this episode was presented by me, Timbo Reed. The music bed written, sung and produced by the great Lockie Dolly and cleverly stitched together by my new producer, Romy Scher. Until next time, thanks for tuning in. May your marketing be the absolute best marketing. Bye for now.